Hello and welcome to the Kitty Talks podcast. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur, success and business coach, and I'm the co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders who are changing the world. This podcast will show you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma program. This seven-week online program will help you let go of anything holding you back and unlock your greatest potential. We've now had over 80 women and three very evolved men go through the program with incredible results. The next time I'm launching my program will be May next year, 2020. And at the moment, there is an early bird price of £395. That will go up to £595 in April. So if you're interested in joining us, go to www.doyourdharma.co.uk. Now, without further ado, I will see you on the other side. Welcome to this week's episode of Kitty Talks. This week, I have got a pioneer of the health and well-being industry. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's the creator of Udo's Choice. The, um, I'm sure you guys will have heard of this oil. It's a digestible oil. And essentially, this man has revolutionized the planet with this oil. I first heard about the oil when I went to a Tony Robbins event probably about 15 years ago. And in this episode, you are going to hear Udo's journey, how he knew that this was the thing that he needed to focus on. This was the thing that was his purpose, his passion, his dharma. And it's a really interesting conversation. So make sure you listen all the way to the end because he has some real, real pearls of wisdom. So hello and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And I'm very excited because today I have with me a pioneer of the health and wellness industry. The gentleman I have with me today is Udo Erasmus, and he is an author, a speaker, um, and he is the creator of the famous Udo Choice Oil, which I know all of you guys will have heard of, and I wouldn't be surprised if you have it in your cupboards. So Udo, welcome to Kitty Talks, and thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Kitty. Glad to be. Glad to be on. It's very early in the morning in Canada, and uh, but I'm, I'm glad to be having a chance to talk to you. Well, and I already can tell you. Highly recommended. Uh, well, I tuned, I tuned into you, Udo, before we got on this podcast and, whew, you know, I know you're going to have some amazing, amazing wisdom to share with our audience because you've had a massive impact on the planet. And I would love for you to share a little bit about your story. Well, where, where the story starts is not with oils. The story started, I was born in this during the second world war. Mm in Poland, which at that time was part of Germany. And my parents had come from Latvia and Estonia uh, because Latvia was going to, to the, the Soviet Union. And my parents loved the Russians but hated communism because they took everything away from everybody. Mm, of course. And so they left Latvia and uh, went to Poland. Part of Poland was given to Germany. There was nobody from Latvia or from Poland at the meeting between Stalin and Hitler. They just took it because wow. they could. Yeah, right? sure. So I was born in Poland when, in, when it was part of Germany. And when I was not quite three, we were refugees fleeing from Polish tanks, uh, sorry, from uh, Soviet tanks and trucks. And the allies were shooting at us from planes on the roads that we were fleeing west wow. on. And we, I got left behind, so I got my orphanage ex, orphan experience, and I remember hunger and fear and anxiety, not much else. Eventually, we got reunited, and, but it rubbed my nose very early in what happens when people don't take responsibility for creating a world that works for everybody. 
Mm. And when I was six years old, I heard people in Germany arguing about really trivial stuff to, to a six-year-old. It was trivial. So it must have been like really pretty small-minded mm. stuff. And I thought, there must be a way that people can live in harmony. Wow. Because I, I hated the tension. I, I, I didn't mm. like the tension. Mm. There must be a way that people can live in harmony, and I'm going to find out how. At six like, years old? Six years old. Beautiful. And that's basically been my driver. For and and when I when I got older, I was trying to figure out how things work. So I was always experimenting with stuff and finding out what was stronger than what. And I once banged a, a Christmas bulb and a, an apple together to find out which one was stronger. And of course, the glass <laughs> bulb broke. And you know that was a story that followed me for many many decades. <laughs> Never, never live that down. Doing stuff like that because I wanted to find out what I, you know, how things work. Mm. When it came to going to university, I went to into science because I wanted to know how things work. What can I rely on? Because mm. there wasn't much I felt I could rely on in my early childhood. And then I got into biological sciences because because I wanted to know how creatures work. Uh, and then I got into psychology to find out how thinking works. And then eventually I got into self-knowledge because what I really needed to know is how I work. And that's kind of my background. And everything that I'm doing has come out of that background, that goal and that background. And from reading up on you before this interview, was it, it was a health crisis that really sparked? Well, yes, I, I would say that the, the, the most important events in my life have all been disasters. Yes, it's amazing, and, isn't it? <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, and so, it, you know, it's not like we, we should avoid disasters. They're, they're tailor-made lessons for us because mm. we create the disasters ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're born into some disasters, but most of them we create ourselves. I, my marriage broke up, and I was really upset. So I took a job as a pesticide sprayer because I wanted to kill something. <laughs> this, is true. this is a wow. true story. And after three years of being really careless with them as a job, yeah, uh, I got poisoned by the pesticides I was spraying. It's like a predictable outcome, right? Yeah, yeah. And I used to walk barefoot over the lawns that I had sprayed until the skin peeled off my feet. Then I wore rubber boots. I worked with a woman who said to me, aren't you worried you're going to get poisoned? And, and I, I said, nah, I'm immune. Mm. And, you know, they say that men are poisoned by their own testosterone until they have their first serious disaster. So that's what happened to me. And then I was looking for self-help. Yes. And uh, the, the doctors had nothing. I, I asked the doctor, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? Nothing. Was, that's the day that I realized my health is my responsibility. And I, I really, I mean, I kind of knew it, but I really, I really got it. That's that it. A huge wake-up call, I would imagine. Huge, yeah. yeah. And then I went into, I had cancer to look forward to. So it was, it was serious. My wow. palms were sweating when I thought about it. And I then went into the research and looked at everything that I could find about health and nutrition, disease and nutrition. And there were 600,000 studies at that time. I didn't read them all, but I, I, I think I got the essence of most of them. And when was this? What year? So 1980, I got poisoned. Right. 1942, I was born. Um, sure. And, and then I, in, in that research, I discovered uh, how much damage is done to oils when they're being made mm. by industry and how much more they get damaged when we throw them in the frying pan. It's the worst, stupidest thing we ever invented to do, our, mm. to, do to our food is to fry them. And oils are the most sensitive of our nutrients. They're damaged by light, by oxygen, and by heat. And they need to be protected from those if we expect them to retain their, their natural yes. forms and their natural benefits. Mm. But we don't do that. We, we actually throw them in the frying pan. We treat them with the least care. They mm. need the most care, and we treat them with the least care. Mm. And more health problems come from damaged oil, more physical health problems come from damaged oil than any other part of nutrition. And more health benefits would come 
from getting our oils made with health in mind and getting the balance between the essential fatty acids right. And so I decided, oh my God. Oh, and then the year after I got poisoned, omega-3 was established as an essential nutrient. So only in 1981 for omega-6 that was known in 1929. So when that happened and I was already looking and I said, Oh my God, we could help so many people if we Bye. could oils with health in mind. And I know I can't get healthy with these damaged oils. So we should be making oils with health in mind. And Oh my God, we could help so many people. And I how tried. did you know, how did you know Udo, that that was what you were hit? Like, cause obviously now going into the future, we know how successfully successful the oils have been. Mm -hmm. But how, what was your inner kind of conversation with yourself? Did you just, ha did you have a clear knowing that that was what you were supposed to go towards? Yeah, because, you know, and when we talk about purpose, mm. you know, purpose is, is based on conditions. So if I'm discontent, my purpose is to s try and figure out what I need to do in order to get myself taken care of. But if I, if I am taken care of, if I feel taken care of, then I look around and I say, okay, what needs to be done around here? Mm. So it's conditional both on my state of being mm. and what's going on in, in the world that I live in. Mm. And this, is, this was like that. I, I had my disaster. Uh, I already knew how to feel taken care of other than my body was wrecked, Right. But I knew how to feel taken care of, uh, like to move to a quiet place inside. I was, I was doing that. Um, I started that in 1972. And so when I, when I looked at this and saw the option, honestly, it just lit me on fire. I was, I, I, the way oh, I, I say it, I had an orgasm when I, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I realized how many people's lives could be made better yeah. by making oils with health in mind and then getting them out and and bringing back the omega-3s that are too low in 99% of the population that every cell needs. And like, there are so many symptoms that must be coming from not gaining enough of them and so many symptoms that will resolve when we optimize people's intake. So and, it was what, yeah. what I'm hearing, just for people yeah. listening, because what you just described is it's almost like your whole being lit up and told you that actually this yeah. was something you needed to bring to the world. And, and having experienced that, we, we, we spoke about um, the organization that I run before, I, before yeah. we came on it. And I had the same thing. It was like yeah. literally everything told me that this is what I was supposed to be doing. So for people listening, yeah. you know, when you that's, get that feeling, that's a very yeah. good signpost. Yeah. Chase it. Go on. Chase it. Yeah. yeah. Because really, because being on purpose means it is, how do you know that you're on purpose? Well, you're lit up. You know, your whole being is lit up by, by the possibility of something that hasn't been done, needs to be done, mm. and you're going to do it. Mm. And it's interesting, isn't it? You hear all these like, terms like, um, it lights you up, you know. And, yeah. it, and I think until you've experienced what yeah. we're describing here, you think, oh, it's a bit like, you know, people say to you, oh, you know when you meet your right, the right partner, you know, and until right. you've experienced it, you don't, it feels like a little bit of a glib saying, but actually what you're right. describing. No, no, it's, it's no, yeah, it's totally, no, it's a real thing. Mm. It really is a real thing. Purpose, you know, because honestly, if there's nothing to light you up, why would you get out of bed in the morning? Mm. Or, or why would you happily get out of bed in the morning? Because mm. it's, oh God, I got to get out of bed and I got to take a shower and I got to eat breakfast and I got to go to work. You know, when you're lit up, when you mm. find something that you have a talent for and that inspires you, <laughs> then then it's then getting out of bed is not a problem. And how did it unfold? Because I, I truly believe when we're on purpose, as you describe it, you know, it's almost like the universe has our back. I, you know, did you experience that sort of sense of, um, well, usually we have a bit of synchronicities to sort of say, yeah. yes, we're going in the right direction. Destiny, yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, totally. Because, because I had times when I said, oh, God, this is so much work. All my friends were partying. I was writing a book, right, on fats because I thought the information that I had learned, I hadn't learned it in university. I felt there must be people who could benefit from it. So I decided to write a book. 
Mm. Writing a book is tedious. Like, <laughs> it's really boring. Like, it's really meticulous. Like, it's time-consuming. Mm. All my friends were partying. I was sitting in my mother's house. I moved in with my mother because I told her I wanted to write the book. And I said, I can do it weekends and evenings, or I can do it full-time. I think full-time would be better. She said, okay, you can get room and board at my house. So I moved in with her and she had a stroke later. So that happened, that turned out to be a wow. very synchronous as yeah. well. And, and, you know, so I was typing on a, on a non-electric portable Underwood typewriter, clack, 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 while all my friends were partying. And there were times when I said, why am I doing this? This is so mm -hmm. much work. And every time that happened, when I had doubts about it, something would happen that would say to me, no, 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 you're on the right track, keep going. Because I'm not a guy who, you know, I quit easily. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know how, to, how, how else to say that. I quit very easily. I can be, get discouraged very easily. Mm. But there was always something that kept me going. And that must have happened probably 12 times in the, in the five and a half years that it took to, to get to know the whole field and write the book. Because that was not my, in science, I took some f courses on fats, but that was not my focus. My focus was uh, DNA, RNA, and protein at university. So I had to learn that whole thing. I had never written a book, so I had to learn how to write a book. I mm -hmm. wrote it three times. First mm -hmm. time, I, I said, this is garbage. The second time, I got about 30 pages into it, mm -hmm. and I said, I wouldn't buy this book. And the third time I wrote it, it literally fell into place. It was 59 chapters. Wow. And I wrote 54 chapters just going, starting, and wrote those 54 chapters without, uh, and without um, kind of like just I was on a, I was in a, I was in a, I, I was in a state. Automatic, yeah, kind of it's coming through like you. It was channeled. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not, that's mm. not my language, but it was kind of like that. It just came through. And then I had 54 chapters and there were five topics and I just then fitted the five topics in. And that was amazing. I was quite amazed that you can get to a point where your knowledge of your work is so clear that you can literally write it from start to finish. And do you think that's what it was? It was almost the shift so that every time you wrote the book, it was almost like you crystallized and got in more in alignment with what you were saying. And the third time, it well, apparently, because the first thing I realized when I started writing, I wrote, I wrote a bunch of stuff just spontaneously, because that's yes. what I'd been told would be the way to do it. And then I would read it and I say, well, what is this? This, I don't even believe that. And then I would have to go back and say, well, what do I really believe? And it was like, I had a, I had a, a social front and I had my own private, private life behind that. Mm. And then how do you, and then breaking out of the social front and writing from the heart, writing mm. from who, where I really am, that was exposure to me. You know, I, you know, and you know, my childhood was a, a ducking childhood. The safest thing was always to duck. Mm. Because uh, when you stuck your head up, somebody would Got shoot them. at it. <laughs> yeah. Figuratively, you know, when not, when not, uh, when not, not in fact, right? Absolutely. And so I think that, and writing is still a very good process for me to get clear myself inside. So it's a, you know, it's a good tool for me to to clarify my thinking and my my understanding. And uh, even though it's tedious it's worthwhile. I, I, now I do, I do a, 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 like an inner practice, call it self-knowledge. And, uh, I have a book by my bed while I'm doing it. And I've, I've got about 9,000 pages of notes wow. that come from insights that come from getting quiet inside and then just observing. Beautiful. What's, yeah. What's going on. It's really cool. It's probably 10,000 pages by now. Yeah. It doesn't stop. And that's a daily practice. Daily practice. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done um, Julia Cameron's work, The Writer's Way. Mm -hmm. I found that very successful. Um, yeah, I, I haven't read any writers or write taking. Well, I took one writing course just to organize because I have so much stuff that I got overwhelmed. So I've, uh, I have a book that's called The Book on Total Sexy Health, The Eight Key Parts Designed by Nature. 
And under the umbrella of health, I can actually address every issue on the planet because everything affects health. Mm, absolutely. So, so, going, just, so mm. going back to, because obviously you wrote this monumental book. <laughs> um, when, did you, when did you kind of know you were really onto something? Like when did other people really latch on to what you were saying? Well, the first 15 years I was doing, working with oils, I was pretty much broke. That's determination. Because I, I, I wasn't doing it for money. I, I was doing it because I felt it needed to be done. Sure. And I was, never, I was really never driven by money that much. You know, it's, uh, I'm still not driven. Like what I do, I'm not doing it for money. No, sure. I'm doing it, I'm doing it because it needs to be done. And I feel mm. so taken care of. But it makes it tougher, you know, if, if again, for people listening to this, you know, who believe in what they're doing, but maybe, yeah. you know, like you experience, it's not taking off. You know, we we yeah. all want everything to take off that we do really instantly. No, no, no. Obviously, you know, it doesn't work like that. Life, listen, you've got a lifetime to take off. Yes. Right? That's a great way of looking I, at you, it. You've you got a lifetime to take off until something takes you off. Right. But you have that lifetime and nothing done well is fast. And I know that most people, when they start, they want to make a ton of money really fast. You know, it's not about the money. It's never about the money. It's more, it's always more about how can you live your life lit up from within? Mm. Because the, the juice of life is already inside of you. Mm. How do you get in touch with that? Yeah. And talk to me more about that. Cause I saw that you, you said that about the secret of life is to live up, live lit up from within. And I love that. Yeah. So yeah. I'd love you to just well, unpack that for me. Okay. So if I look at, if, if, if we were in the studio together and I pointed at you, now you, you know, what is you, but I pointed you and I say, whose body is that? You would say, that's my body, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that means you're not the body. If it's your body, you, mm. you own the body. So you're mm. the owner of the body. So the question then is, well, who is the owner of the body? My being, my spirit. Yeah, life. Life mm. is the owner. What is life? You know, life, when it separates from the body, the body's finished. So life is the master. Life is the energy. Life is the power. Life is the knowledge. Because it makes, it created that body, mm. right? Because without that, the energy of life, there would have been no fertilized egg and there would have been no cell division and there would have been no development and there would have been no fetus and there would have been no child mm. and there would have been no, no growth and there would, be, there would be no adult talking to me, right? So I'm talking about that energy and that energy you can see it, you can hear it, you can, you feel, can it. feel it, you can taste it. In fact, your senses, their job is to, is to assess energy, to monitor energy, right? Because sound is energy and light is energy and feeling is energy and even taste is energy. Mm. And, but the energy that is your life is, is what runs you. Weighs nothing, knows everything, does everything, catalyzes everything, and is not affected by what it catalyzes. So your body could be a complete mess, you know, completely broken down. Mm -hmm. Your thinking could be completely disorganized. Your social scene could be completely dysfunctional. And your environment could be a disaster area. And life, the energy that you are, is not affected by any of it. And, and life, in the way I look at it, is life is perfect health because it never gets sick and it runs everything. It weighs nothing, it runs everything. So if you start to think about instead of I'm the body and mm -hmm. we, we live like mm -hmm. we were the body because mm -hmm. just about everything we do is to take care of the body. Mm -hmm. But if you be, began to look at yourself as life, that would, that would change your perspective pretty much on everything. If you, you know, because your sense of identity comes from whatever you focus on. So if you're focusing on the outside world, then 
you become a member of something. Or if you focus on social, then it's different. Or if you focus on your beliefs, it's different again. Or if you focus on your body, it's different again. If you focus on life, it's different again. And if you go behind life and focus on just awareness, it's different again. So who you are and what you think life is and what purpose is depends on where you focus. Right? Mm-hmm. Does I'm that make sense? You. I'm still with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and so for me, I, what I do in my practice is I get in touch with the energy of life. I do it every day because that's the energy. That's my power. That's the power I am. And the body is an instrument for then doing certain things with it. Mm. This is not a new, it's not a new idea. Mm. It's what, it's what all the, it's what all the really wise people over history have talked about. Yeah, I think you're probably saying it in slightly different ways because I would probably say it in the sort of larger aspect of ourselves, like the fifth dimensional being, yeah. being aspect of ourselves, yeah. the, the life, and, and, life force energy. and Yeah, so the life force, that, that's what I'm talking about. Mm. And, and we, know that that's, we know that's important because your body is nothing without it. Mm. Right? The moment they part company, we call that death. Mm. Body goes down. And it's finished. Mm. You know, that energy is so light. You know, talk about light and, and feeling light and being en- enlightened. Mm. Mm. That energy is so light that it takes water and dust mm. and raises it from the ground all the way up to the top of your head. And, and the other thing I suppose is, because obviously we talk a lot about purpose on this yeah. podcast, and obviously yeah. the energy of passion purpose is a very high level emotional state right vibration it's it's even it's even beyond emotions it it generates the emotions Mm. but it makes you feel good emotions (laughs) hmm? but it makes you feel good because when you're living you feel good of course you feel you feel good you feel alive passion and and juice and you know sexy and you know all of that is about the energy that Mm. you are Mm. When you're when you're in that energy, it shows up. Mm. Well, you can see it when, when you're in touch with that energy. Then you have conversations that people listen to. Mm. If, when you're in that energy, you know it's not. Oh God, I got to do this job. You know, you just you just go and do it because you can. Mm. Because nothing is impossible for that energy. And I, I what I think is fascinating is it it literally you know, you look healthier, you look younger, you know, everyone I know in our world, I would say the transformational sort of space, you know, they look great because there's so much life force energy and purpose and passion running through them, you know, literally. Yeah, because life never ages. No, of course. Yeah. Body does. But, Mm. but there's good, there's good research that shows that when you do some kind of a self-knowledge practice, you can actually reverse many of the signs of aging. Hmm. So when but so this your body is... will still check out one day, so yes. it's not like you live forever. But I'm 77, um, you know, and and I have I have a ton of energy. People ask me sometimes, how do you, how come at your age you have so much energy? Yeah. And I said, well, I'm not confused about who I am and what I'm here for, and I don't spend, and because of that, I don't spend my energy fighting with myself in my head. Should I do this or should I do that? Am I doubtful about this or what about that? And I don't know. And, you know, enormous amount of energy gets wasted in fighting with ourselves. Mm. When you're not fighting with yourselves because you live in your life and, mm. you, and you have direction because it's not hard to figure out what needs to be done on this planet. Mm. Right? So what, what am I for? What, am I, what, do, what can I get behind? Anything that needs to be done on this planet that makes life better. Like, for instance, one of the goals, you know, we used to, 10,000 years ago, we had 10 trillion trees on the planet. Mm. Now we've got 2.5 trillion. In, oh. in UK, 90% of the trees have been hacked down. 90%. 90%. Wow. 
and the the and the trees like if you take think about earth and climate and and all of that trees when you come off of a road and you walk into the woods you notice immediately on the road it's hot during the day and the moment you get into the forest it's cool mm. the trees cool down heat and they also warm up winters so maybe we need to plant some trees again mm. because we need them because mm. we've changed the climate by 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 knocking them down mm. and if we have if we're going to plant 7.5 trillion trees that means every man woman and child on the planet has to plant a thousand trees mm. and then the question is well how many trees have you have you planted mm. right and for people listening to this yeah. who are searching for their thing, you know, yeah. you know, you, you knew when you came across your thing, your whole body told you that this was, yeah. you know, the information you needed to yeah. bring to the world. What advice would you have for our listeners who are in still in that conversation? They're not quite sure which direction to go. They're not what, sure what their purpose is. Yeah, I, I would say you want to get in touch with purpose. You got to get in touch with life. You got to get in touch with feeling cared for, feeling taken care of, because life is taking perfect care of you. And the way you do that is not by going out there and doing stuff, but by sitting down and getting quiet, shutting up, you know, turning off all your tech, technology distractions, and just sit quietly and breathe mm. and feel what it feels like to be alive. And the first thing that'll happen is you will begin to feel taken care of. And it takes some practice because we have so much momentum of running out there and doing stuff. And the first thing that'll happen is you will begin to feel more taken care of. And when you feel taken care of, then you can just look around and say, okay, what needs to be done? I can tell you before I started getting quiet, knowing how to get quiet, I was always, I never felt taken care of. And I was always looking, what can I do? There's like a certain anxiety behind that, you know. What can I do that will get me taken care of? And everything I did never, never took care of me. Mm. Because the taken care of is an inside job, not an outside job. When I started sitting quietly and started feeling taken care of, it wasn't hard to figure it out. And then this thing came along. I got poisoned by pesticides, and then I found the research. It wasn't hard because it wasn't about me anymore. I was saying to myself, okay, it's not about me anymore. I'm taking care of what needs to be done on this planet. Mm. And, then, and then it's just a matter of question. What do I have talent for? What do I have experience in? What, what, is, what, what do I find interesting? You know, all of that. But that plays a smaller role. The bigger issue is we will not do on this planet what needs to be done until we feel taken care of. Mm. Because job one, if we don't feel taken care of, is to take care of ourselves. And job one, when we feel taken care of, is do what needs to be done. Well, you, really, can't, really, you can't give from a depleted place. So, Sorry? You can't give from a depleted place. Right, right. No, because as, as long as I don't feel taken care of, I'm a taker. Mm. I'm going to take, I'm going to take, 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 hoping that something will take care of me. And the moment I feel take, taken care of, there is nothing left to do but to help. So then Absolutely. I become a giver. And, and talk to not, Now that's different from, we've, we've said, you know, we've been told that if you get, if you help enough people get what they want, then you'll get what we want. Now that's backwards. Number one, sit still. Realize you have been perfectly taken care of all mm -hmm. your life through mm -hmm. all your dramas and all your traumas and mm -hmm. all your crazy circumstances. Buy something inside of you that loves you unconditionally. When you get in touch with that, your life becomes easy. Mm -hmm. right? Even though it's hard work and I spend long hours and I don't take weekends off and you know, my friends are still partying and sometimes I'm still working, you know, <laughs> I, it, but I don't feel deprived. I feel honored. I feel privileged that I even get to do that. Mm, absolutely. And, and, and all of the problems that need to be addressed, you know, and there are lots of them, 
the climate in climate in relationships in health in uh, just about pretty much every area mm. the issue is people don't feel taken care of so they take so they don't give but and this is the the cosmic joke you every one of us who's a taker is actually perfectly taken care of by something bigger than themselves mm. all the time. They're just not looking inward. You know, people live lit up from within because the light's already there. It's a matter of looking into it instead of looking away from it. And that's job one. Acknowledging it. Yeah. Recognizing, acknowledging Recognizing, it. Recognizing, acknowledging, experiencing it. Mm. And then everything changes. And it's mm. literally, it's a, it's a, it's a huge change. Mm. And then it's yeah. like, okay, what needs to be done? Where can yeah. I help? You know, and then it's fun. Why? Because this planet is the planet that is precious and special because it has life on it. If we're not serving life or caring for life or protecting life or encouraging expression of life, then what are we doing here? Mm. Right? Mm, then we steal each other's then we steal each other's stuff you know because we don't feel taken care of so we're takers mm. steal each other's stuff then we create conflict out of the conflict come the wars out of the wars come massive tra traumatization and very little you know we don't even know how to how to how to counsel people who are traumatized mm. Right, PTSD. The soldiers that come back with PTSD, we really, we're really not very good at it. Now, now we're getting to the point where we're saying, you know, psychedelics may, may be helpful in that as a whole, you know. Uh, but the thing is, inside of every traumatized person is something that is untraumatizable, whatever that word is, untraumatizable. Traumatizable, right? Yeah. Right. It's already there in every human being, no matter what their situation is, no matter what their history is, no matter what's happened to them. Something in them is completely whole, completely magnificent, unbelievably beautiful when they experience it. How do we find our way back to ourselves? Mm. And then purpose becomes easy. And tell because, me... You know, one day my purpose was, you know, to... to, to open the garage with my clicker because somebody was looking in her purse for hers and I just opened the, the, the door for her so she could drive her car into the parking place. Right? Yep. That's purpose. Like it's a little purpose. But there's, a, and every day there's something. If I'm fully present in all of my being mm. and in the world in, in my, and in my surroundings, mm. every day I notice where I can help, what, I, what needs to be done. Mm. And, and, you know, that's purpose too. Mm. It's not like everybody has to be uh, a champion of, sure. you know, you know a, a publicly recognized champion. Almost, that's almost a problem because that gets back to the old leadership model. You know, we, we, don't, we, we, we need to all be leaders, first of all, leading our own lives. Absolutely. And then just doing the little things that need to be done. And and tell me more about this daily practice because you've you've sparked my interest now. So I'd love to right. know. You said because obviously we've talked about getting in touch with ourselves. We've talked about yeah. acknowledging and accepting the fact that we are taken care of, yeah. and from that place we can start to look around to see what needs to be done. But it's it's to sounds to me that you've got a powerful practice that could be of interest mm -hmm. to our listeners. Yeah. Okay, so I've discovered, and this is through the practice, that when I do things, I become smaller. Why is that? Because whenever I decide to do something, I have to make a decision. Decision mm -hmm. means I have to cut off everything else. Mm -hmm. So I make, it I make it smaller. So, and when I, and when I, so that's the doing part. And the being part is when I do nothing, I discover everything. In being, you become everything. Because, you know, if I, if I can use religious terms just because they're familiar, what is, what is called God is in the core of your being. What is called the master is the energy that keeps you alive. The inspiration from that 
is what some people call the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's all within you. Yeah, so get in all, touch with that inner being is what you're saying through this. It's always been within you. It's waiting for your discovery. And we've been told by institutions that, oh, no, 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 that's not outside. You. The good stuff is out there somewhere. Mm. No, and that's why we're always going out there to look for good stuff. Mm. When what we need to be told is that all the good stuff is already within you. Mm. And when you just, and when you, and, and the, it requires, you know, uh, we're, we're told work hard and play hard. But there's one piece missing. If you're going to work hard and you're going to play hard, then you need to also do nothing hard. <laughs> and that's the part everybody, everybody's missing. So what we do with our do hard, play hard is we set ourselves up for burnout. And that's, that's a really big issue in, in, in mm. the go-getters. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't get burnt out if you actually sit down and get quiet and do nothing and just feel present now how do you do it mm -hmm. it's less important about how you do it but that you do it because the how doesn't make any sense until you until you recognize yeah i have a need for it and my, my view of what the need for it is is i call it um um you know when your heart aches yeah you know what i'm talking about like we, we, like for instance, if somebody dumps you and you didn't want to be dumped, yeah, your heart aches, right? Sometimes you have like a, like a messy fight with someone who you love and your heart aches. Maybe somebody close to you or something close to you that you, that you, that you cherish dies or disappears or leaves and you feel heartache. Mm. That heartache is not about those outside things. Those were our substitutions for not being in touch with ourselves. And that's a, a journey that begins very early in life. Our senses go out into the world because we need to survive in it and we have mm -hmm. to learn how to do that. Our, our, our awareness was inside in the, in when we were in our mother's womb because there was no place to go. There was nothing to do. Everything was taken care of and it was safe. So our awareness was inside, in its source, at rest in mm. life. And I call the, the womb the Buddha tank, right? Because there we are floating in our little Buddha tank, <laughs> nothing to do. So we've spent, if we were a term baby, we've spent nine months in a Buddha state, mm. enlightened, enlightened. And then we come out and then our awareness goes out and we get disconnected from that source. And that's where heartache begins. And the heartache that we feel when something on the outside gets lost is actually a reminder of the loss of ourselves that began way before that. And that keeps coming back in different ways until we get back in touch with ourselves. That's what the sit still practice is about. Mm. But, and, and people won't sit still if they don't understand that they actually have a need for that. And the need is the heartache. So mm -hmm. I tell people, you know, and we don't like heartache, so we try to distract ourselves from it because it's intense. I say to people, no, sit with your heartache. Feel it. Mm. Don't judge it. Mm. Feel it. It won't eat you. It won't kill you. No. And that far behind that heartache <clears throat> is, the, is the wholeness that you're looking for. That far. So if you can sit in your hole in, in your in your heartache mm. and see if you can slip behind it, then you might be able to do that on your own just by sitting still. Mm. If you can't and you should try it by yourself first, then look for somebody who can help you. Mm. And you know, I, I could you know, I got to a point where I said, I know there's a, I, I said to somebody, I know there's a perfection within me. And I sort of tapped my chest when I said it. I know there's a perfection within me. I know that I'm not connected to it. And I need to find someone who can show me a step. The next day he was there. Wow. You know, because when, when you're that clear about your purpose, because mm. that that's a purpose question too, right? Mm. I was very clear about what my need was. 
Mm. And I was surprised when I said it. I was surprised that I was so clear. Mm. And then, of course, then you're going to see it when it comes to you. Mm, yeah, of course. About your purpose. You could, you know, you could, there's a, a guy who says, you know, when, I, when, when a pickpocket meets a saint, he sees only his pocket. Right? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not clear about my need, then, it's, then I could be surrounded by what would take care of that need, but because I'm not aware of my need, mm. I will ignore it, mm. and I will miss it. Right? So they, so, so, and I don't know how you can be, if you don't know who you are, then how, how can you really know what your purpose is? If you don't know whether you're a table or a chair, you know, you know? Mm. Then, then how would you know? How mm. would you know what your purpose is? Mm. I don't know any way to get to purpose than by getting to self, mm. than by getting present. And, and so, so finding purpose is less, less uh, an issue of doing being. than an issue of being or an mm. issue of not doing. Mm. Do nothing. And that, and then, well, that's life's journey. And, and if you take if you take an hour and do nothing, at least you're not screwing anything up, right? But more than that, you actually begin to get a sense of yourself and what is your place and what are your gifts and what are your talents and what are your what are your uh, you know what are what are your ways that you can help make life easier for other people mm. when your life becomes easy. You don't want, you're not going to do this. If your life is really hard, you're not going to try to make life easier for other people, but your life is easy. Your life is easy. Your thought, your mind, not so easy. Sometimes mm. your life is 100% committed to you, to taking care of you. 100% unconditional. You know, your mind is not. If you try to figure out your purpose with your mind, your mind is 50% for you and 50% against you. It's keeping you safe. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's keeping you safe. Yeah. Doesn't keeping want you to grow. Safe. Yeah, keeping you safe and sometimes even keeping you stupid. Mm. <laughs> Doing mm. really stupid things. Mm. Self-destructive things. Right? Mm. So living from the heart, the heart is where purpose comes from. Mm. Being that, mm. That's another way to say it. Beautiful. Really beautiful. So everybody listening. Yeah. Get cl- get quiet and be with yourself. And like you said, we are oneness. We are God is within us. And so the answers are within us. Yeah. Everything. We come fully loaded, come into the world fully loaded. And then we forget and then we get talked out of it and then we deny it. Mm. You know, and maybe we... We need to start denying the denial and, and, get, and getting back to that. And then how do you do it is, it's, you know, the issue isn't so much how you do it. You'll find the way to do it. The issue mm, is that you. you do it. Yeah, sure. And, and once you understand that, there's actually, it's, that, that's, that that's important, you'll find the way. You'll find your way. You'll find the people you need to find. There's a law in the universe that when you've done what you can, on your own, when you're at the end of what you can do on your own, the help you need will show up without you, without you looking for it. Mm. And I know that every project I've done in my life has been like that. And that's how I know that. This is not, nobody told me that there is a law like that, but, but that's been my experience on every project that I've done. If I start looking for help before because I'm lazy, before I've done what I can do on my own, I get mm. the wrong help. Sure. And so do what you can on your own, go as far as you can on your own, get as close to yourself as you can on your own. And when you need the help, the help will show up. Beautiful. Yeah. Udo, thank you so much. There's been some real pearls of wisdom in this episode so yeah if you're listening to this i suggest you go back and listen to it again <laughs> i know what i'm going to <laughs> yeah and then and then listen and then sit sit still and listen to yourself but don't listen to your thoughts 
listen to the feeling in your heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, I want to thank you so much for coming right. on. Thanks, Kitty the show and sharing your wisdom with us. I know that this episode will have touched and reached and really impacted so many people. So um, we will have all of Udo's details in the show notes if you would like to connect with him. Um, I know you have a website and you have an Instagram. Yeah. Best way for people to get a hold of you. Two websites. Yeah. Two websites, one Instagram, two Facebooks. (laughs) And countless books. How many books have you written now? Uh, the total sexy health is my fifth fifth book wow the other four are all fat related fantastic well thank you so much for coming on kitty talks we really really appreciate it right thank uh, you i really appreciate (laughs) i really appreciate you being an amplifier thank you yeah thank you like like sharing you know stories like yourself other thought leaders had so many thought leaders you know the, the message is clear between people but people i think i believe that we need the more we hear it the more we believe it Mm -hmm. the more we believe it for ourselves yeah Yeah, in different ways yeah 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 and some people say that i get feedback and they say that episode just popped like i really got it now you know yeah exactly Yeah. yeah but thank you so much what a lovely, lovely man, 77. And honestly, he does not look 77. And you can just feel his energy. He has uncovered his purpose and he's doing his dharma. And my goodness, he's having a huge impact on the planet. And he was a beautiful human being. So if you want to come and do your dharma, if you want to get clear, if you want to kind of listen to yourself and uncover what it is you're supposed to be doing, then we are doing the highest excitement challenge at the end of August, beginning of September. And we go again with do your dharma in september so join us thank you so much for listening to the kitty talks podcast i do hope you've enjoyed this solo cast or this guest this week i try and interview the most amazing people so you guys can really get some insight into how you can build amazing lives in alignment with your soul if you haven't already come over and follow me on instagram kitty underscore talks and i'm also on facebook and we have a free facebook community so why not come and join us